Okay, so I'm here with Derek Speedy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and so I'm explaining to Derek that I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. And it is clear that you are making your life, maybe some, maybe all of your living with the art of acting. Would that be accurate? It would be accurate, yes. Um, it, it's, it's newer. Um, I'm recently out of college. Uh-huh. Uh, it's only two years now, but I'm... One of the luckier ones of my classmates and people my age that I've been able to kind of been be working um, <laughs> right out of college. So, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I only have one question. Oh no. Yes. Oh, you got scared. That's I great. I got scared. Yes. <laughs> no, don't worry. Um, you can't get this wrong. Can you remember and can you tell me the very first time that anything that looked like acting? was attracted to you, called you, seemed interesting to you. You're smiling. I know, so you can see I, I lit up right away. It's funny, there's, there's two examples. They're a year apart, and I'm gonna start with the one with directing. And so I, in high school, I wrote and direct, directed. Uh, and then my senior year of college, my thesis, I directed a show. Mm -hmm. Predominantly, I'd been doing acting and singing my entire life. And my parents, when I was doing my um, my senior thesis, where I was directing, they go, yeah, it all goes back to first grade. We knew you'd be a director at some point. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and back when you do those little silly, uh, like first grade plays, we were doing um, the, the Aesop's Fables. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was uh, the lion in The Lion and the Mouse. Finally, I told my teacher, I said, no, 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 no. The lion stands here. Our second grade play, I was lucky enough to be cast as one half of Horton in yeah. Horton Hatches the Egg. It was me and another second grader, and we each, our faces were each one eye of the elephant in a giant gray sheet with two circles on either end of a long cylindrical trunk. We, we split up the lines, but on the day of the play, Sam, the other half of Horton, was ill, and uh, uh, we, we only had one performance, it was one assembly, and uh, my teacher said, do you want a teacher in there with you? And I said, no, I know his lines. <laughs> and they said, can we just check to make sure? And I knew all of his lines. <laughs> um, so they're like, okay, go for it. And so there's a video of me with one, si one singular face, not two eyes, and uh, I'm just whipping the trunk around and uh i just i'm i'm having the time of my life my parents said okay we're gonna continue with this track a little bit i was playing ice hockey too growing up that yeah. was like the, kind of the first thing i did and my dad um uh one of like the the the, the worst bets he ever lost was i i had just been cast as um randolph in uh a production of bye bye birdie i was nine or ten mm-hmm and my dad, my dad said to my mom, okay, he's, he's actually been, uh, he's been getting cast kind of a lot. He goes, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to take him to Prince and the Pauper auditions uh, in Somerset Valley, New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. I'm from uh, a little further north. So it was about an hour-ish south of me. And my mom says, there is no way I am driving an hour south every day for rehearsals. And my dad goes, don't worry. I'm just trying to teach him a lesson that he's not always going to get cast or he's not always going to get the lead and see if he still likes it. He calls my mom uh, 
three hours after we've left, left, and he goes, uh, we have a problem. <laughs> right. They keep, uh, they keep having him read for the lead. <laughs> so I was the pauper in Prince and the Pauper. Um, and uh, my dad had to drive me every single day to rehearsal. <laughs> um, so he, the, the, the best worst bet he ever lost, because that was like kind of the summer where I was like, oh, I act now. This is a thing I do. Okay, and that's a question I have actually. Are you saying that at nine you were thinking this is what I do for my life or just this is a no, no, you're shaking your head. No. That this is just another thing. I do this too. Yeah. Like that? I, I do this too. Yeah, exactly. I, I, one of the first things I did was, you know, I grew up, I grew up very in a suburban area, played, uh, played soccer, little, little league and soccer. And, you know, I thought like, oh, I want to play sports and specifically hockey. Not a lot of my friends were doing that. I was like, oh, hockey's really cool. You know, I think I want to play in co- high school. The high school that I ended up going to in my area, um, is actually nationally ranked in, in, uh, hockey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my cousin went to that high school. So I was like, I want to, I want to go to that high school and I want to play hockey there. And I want to go to Boston college and I want to play hockey for some reason. That was like something I, I knew I wanted to do, but I was like, but I also like this acting thing. And it was funny is because uh, I thought I, I played on a travel ice hockey team. And so I thought that that was kind of like my bigger thing that I was doing. And um, I would go visit my dad at his work and they'd all be like, oh, is this the young actor? And uh-huh. I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the actor too. And so it was both of them. <laughs> and... Uh, Really, when I started focusing more on acting, there were three separate occasions that kind of all fed into one another. One was I started going to a theater camp. We went to go visit this this theater camp, Stage Door Manor. Um, it's a, a summer camp in the Catskills, mm-hmm. and um, I was an only, I'm an, I am an only child, and uh, I was never good at going away from home, even at sleepovers. And uh, and how I, old were you then? I was I was twelve, wow. and so a three week sleepaway camp sounded awful. Mm-hmm. But we had a, a friend who was also in Bye Bye Birdie, who wanted to check it out. And my mom said, "You know what? Let's go check it out." And I still remember this image of driving up to it for the first time and going, "Look at this piece of crap!" Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I'm not gonna. I don't want to go here." Um, and I was like, this sounds awful. I don't want to stay away for three weeks. We were being toured around the campsite, and uh, there was a girl just singing a song. And I go, oh, people can just, like, get up and do this and have fun. And, I, I mean, I don't really know what exactly went through my head, but my mom goes, I saw you light up, and I knew you were going. <laughs> and I went there, and I cried for the first five nights, every single night. And then it ended up being, like, the best three weeks of my life. I ended up going for seven summers. Um, and it wasn't until my third summer there that I was in a show with all people my own age. Uh, I would have been, I think I was 14, 14. Mm-hmm. That was, to me, the craziest thing was just, oh, these are people who are my age who also get this. And it was the first time I actually had, had a, a male director, too. And I was like, oh, this is a straight man, too. Where I was like, that, like I, I didn't... I don't know. It was it was a, just a new a new role model for me. Um, that I was I was. It like, was an awareness. It was an awareness exactly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily an aha or crazy. No. It was just a new awareness of people my own age, people that I identified with right. that I could um, be part of. Be part of a team exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was the first thing where I started being like, oh, I really like this, and because of, I really like that director, he um, was directing a show 
in Nyack, New York, which is about an hour, again, north this time. <laughs> and uh, he was doing Drowsy Chaperone, and, and I said, you know what, let's go. And I auditioned for that, and I ended up doing that all through high school, that theater, Helen Hayes Youth Theater, um, because of that moment. Um, and that's actually, I consider that one connected moment, but I mean, Stage Door Manor was kind of my home away from home, and the, the, the owner of the camp, Cindy Samuelson, um, I went to Harvard, and so her family's based in Boston, and they just, even after I left the camp, after I was there for however long I was there, um, they came to every show I was at at Harvard. I was at the Hasty, in the Hasty Pudding there, mm-hmm. and so they came to every one of, they gave, came to that every year, and they... You I just, were like a part of the family. I felt, I went to their Jewish holidays, yes, I went yeah. to Catholic high school, right. but I, like, <laughs> right, they, right, I was, right, I was right. welcome to their holidays, yeah. and... Um, they adopted you. They adopted me, so it really, it just, it felt... It did feel like home. Some of my favorite people that I've ever met are from there. I had my first love at that camp. And so all of that stuff of like where I felt like I grew up a little bit more. Was well, and where you belong. Where I belonged was under the the generalized feeling of theater and this, this connection to theater yeah. and acting and performing and art. Okay, so sometime in there before you apply to college... You decide that you're that this is your life or so not? So this leads to part number two. Oh, okay, good. I got my third concussion my freshman year of high school. Yeah, right. I see. So um, <laughs> one was from hockey. One was from three days later after I got my first concussion. I think I was 12. brought my pencil in history class, and my depth perception was off, and I went, bam, and I got a concussion on a different part of my brain. Oh, my God. At the same time, which is one of the most dangerous things you can do, and uh, I don't remember seventh grade. <laughs> Yeah. Then my freshman year, I went to an all-male Catholic high school, which is known mostly for sports, even though it has a brilliant, brilliant um, fine arts facility. It had been built about three years before I went there. Um, it was it was really, really wonderful. And I, we, I did, I was Tony in West Side Story my senior year, which is still one of my favorite performing moments, being on stage alone in front of the largest crowd I'd ever been in front of to that time in my life, which was... 700 people and I singing Maria mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like I don't really have a classical voice necessarily I'm a little more pop rock singer mm-hmm. and so it was just it was it was really cool and my there's a video of me singing it actually the last night and I was really sick mm-hmm. during the whole performances so like I would walk off stage and I could barely talk but I was singing these high notes and I was cracking on the B flat uh-huh. and uh the last night I, I hit it and you can watch this <laughs> video and you can see my face just light up <laughs> And I finished it, and my voice teacher was in the um, was in the audience at that time. You can hear her just go at the end, "Wow!" <laughs> and like she is the harshest critic, which will lead to my third point in a second. But the the concussion made me focus more on um, acting, and as a, what I was trying to say was like it was an all male Catholic high school, focusing a lot on sports. I thought I had to play a sport. It was a classic kind of teenager teenager yeah, thought right, that. Right. I don't want to come in as the arts kid. Yeah. I want to come in and I want to... You want to be part of the gang. I want you want to be part of the gang. Right, right. right. One I of thought, the boys. I thought that I'd, I'd stand out too much. Yeah. What I didn't tell anyone was that I was late to the first uh, week of off-season training because I was at Stage Door doing a theater camp. <laughs> yeah, right. right. So uh, I lied and said, oh, I was on... Uh, I was uh, on vac- I was away. I didn't want to lie. I was, I was away <laughs> in the Catskills. <laughs> And uh, I didn't lie, because Catholic high school, remember? Um, but uh, the third concussion really made me focus on more what I had missed out in the fall, which was the fall drama, 
um, joining the choir right away. I couldn't do any of those things. The things, singing, acting, the things I loved, I couldn't do it because I was doing football for the first time in my life, which I hated and was very bad at. Right. Um, but it was a cool experience and it was, it was, I'm glad I did it. And, uh, all my fears kind of went away because Stage Door did, um, performed in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade for my first three years of high school. Oh my gosh. And so, um, I kind of kept it under wraps, but my high school did like a little article on me and it went out on the, the, the website and in the school paper and I had people coming up to me and they're being like, Speedy, you're, because I was only known as my last name. Right all my Catholic high school. Um, and uh, they're like, Speedy, you're, you're, you're going to be in the Thanksgiving Day Parade singing and dancing? And I go, yeah. And they say, that's awesome. And it was so cool to see that people didn't care. People were so into it. And I was like, this idea of this high school experience of the arts kid gets made fun of was not true at all. Like, everyone really liked it. And that leads to my third thing. Yeah. All this coming together. So the Helen Hayes Youth Theater... My sophomore year, the year after I had my concussion uh, and I started focusing more on acting, I got this voice teacher. I was 15 years old and we did a show called Spring Awakening. So it was based on a 19th century German play called Spring's Awakening um, about a small German community um, that is very religious and very um, sexually oppressed. Um, and it's a little more over in the 19th century play, but this is a, I believe it was a 2008 Tony Award winning play. Mm-hmm. That's, it's a rock musical written by Duncan Sheik, the 90s <laughs> like emo artist, and is about these teenagers in, in Germany trying to learn about growing up and puberty and a lot of these questions that come up. And this, sh- this show was the turning point for me. I'd gotten the lead in the show, and I'd gotten a lead the year before in Wedding Singer, <laughs> um, the musical, and uh, but I was sharing it with another person. So we had six shows, and each of us would do three shows. This was the first time I had like just it on my own. And in the show, like a, uh, an abortion takes place. Uh, a, a t- one of the t- characters commits suicide. Another character like physically hurts another person, and you have to pantomime and intimate act on stage whoa in the broadway production there is nudity there it's a little more overt but we were teenagers so none of that was happening a lot of stuff was hinted at but um catholic all-male high school like my we um i i had to ask my parents permission wow and I, i actually wrote an article for my choreographer for that show she was uh just out of college at the time and was kind of like all of our big sisters and um, she wrote about how hard it was for her to choreograph slash kind of assist and direct that show right. with teenagers. And it, she called it um, Confessions from a Prude Teacher <laughs> or a Plea from a Prude Teacher and um, a former Prude Teacher. And uh, it was the kind of thing where my parents saw the show. I saw it with them. I saw a touring production of it, and they didn't love it, They but they understood why I liked it, and they, they thought it was okay for me to do it. Um, but they always said afterwards, they said, you know, watching teenagers up there play the roles of teenagers, that you are going through these kind of things, instead of watching 25-year-old, 30-year-olds play teenagers, right. they said, 
every single one, all the parents in the audience were cringing and crying, yes. but we loved it. Yeah. And it was the kind of the first time that I really kind of understood what it meant to find a character arc to really like, it was the first kind of serious play I'd done. I'd done like Drowsy Chaperone yeah, and right. Wedding Singer <laughs> right, right, and right. kind of these fun classic or right. other or classic shows that were just more fun. And this was really kind of like stuff that all of us were going through. And um, I also, my voice teacher, I just started with her and she said, Derek, I'm going to be very blunt with you. Um, you're going to be a great character actor. I don't think you're ever going to play a leading man. And uh, so this was the first time I was working with her. My voice was really changing, and she was helping me change my voice. And I really am proud of what I did at 15 for that show. And the next lesson that I had with her after she saw the show, she said, I have to apologize to you. I was wrong. You can, you can, you can do both. Wow. And that was a really cool moment for me. And it was kind of... I had a... Our director pulled me and the girl playing the other lead aside um, before our la after our last show and said, I'm really proud of you guys. Um, I know you're young. He's like, but I, I, you guys, you guys could do this. And um, I had parents coming up to me um, saying that, like, I made them cry. And they're like, I've seen all six performances. And uh, I cried every time. And just having adults come up to me and say that. Again, I had people laugh before. Right, like, right. be like, great oh, job. Great job right. But... This is the first time I'd elicited a most emotional reactions like this from people. Yeah, so what I hear is that this is the first time you understood that what you were doing was not only interesting, fun for you, but had an impact on others as well? Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. I actually, I ha honestly hadn't totally put that together until I just, yeah. we, we had just talked about this. Um, but it was the first time where I said, I think this is kind of what I want to do. Yeah, that was my next question. Yeah. That, that was the moment. That was the what, real right? moment. It was 15 where I said, this is kind of, I think this is what I want to do. All right, so epiphany at 15, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure whether you, you make this connection, this is what I want to do. Is it in stone? No. No, I didn't think. I, no. and I had the sense it wasn't. Okay. No. So, so you're still a couple of years away from college. So what happens between them? So I thought, I think I, it was probably through, through middle school. I said, you know, I want to be, be an architect. <laughs> I was watching How I Met Your Mother in high school. So I think that's why I had set in stone. I was like, I, theater is a very important part of my life. Now, it's not just something I do for fun. It is... I want to get better at it, mm -hmm. which is something that my parents said to me when I stopped hockey. They said, you've, you've had three concussions, and, well, that's the thing. They said, we feel like we have to drag you to practices, but when it's time for a play rehearsal, you want to go. Yeah. Which, in my head, I was like, oh, I hate rehearsal, but I love the play. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know I have to go, whereas practice, I was like, can I get out of it? Yeah. Um, so that that was part of it. I'd basically set in stone now that I care about this a lot, and this right. is this is a big priority in my life. Um, I wasn't positive if I would. I think I, I was. I was positive that I, if I kept working, I could be good enough to do this. But I wasn't positive that it was absolutely what I. Yeah, it wasn't a do. commitment. Yeah, yet. it wasn't a commitment yet. And academics are, are and were very very important to me. And I was in a school where if you were in the top ten 
of your grade, um, you could look Ivy. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that was an option for me. And I think I wanted to study English or psychology. I knew if it was English or psychology, they all had good programs. So it was more about what it was with a lot of the Ivy League schools was what is the theater scene like there, either curricularly, if I wanted to study it, or extracurricularly. And that was how I made my decisions wow. a lot of the time. I had the luckiest choice of my life. My, my two top choices were Harvard and Yale. And um, a lot of people say, you know, Yale has the Yale School of Drama. Why right. didn't you go there? And the thing where that was the graduate school is what a lot of people think of. And when I was looking at the undergraduate departments, it was shocked to see how many arts were at Harvard. The Hasty Pudding, which is this country's oldest extant um, theatrical company, founded in 1844. I was the historian, <laughs> could you tell? The thing about it was we did 40 performances every year. Um, eight shows a week, running a professional show on a budget of several hundred thousand dollars. We had crazy sets, crazy costumes, um, student-written, student-composed, professionally directed and choreographed, orchestrated. And um, we had a man and woman of the year celebration. So we partied with and performed for people like, um, I was a four-year cast member as well. So we partied and performed for people like Amy Poehler, Chris Pratt, Paul Rudd, Mila Kunis, Octavia Spencer, Carrie Washington, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ryan Reynolds. Those were my eight Wow! while I was there. So it was these crazy opportunities. We, we would tour and we performed three performances in New York and three performances in Bermuda over <laughs> spring break. And well, wait was, a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to stop you. What were you majoring in? Aha. Uh -huh. So I had found out when I was applying to Harvard that there was rumors there were going there was going to be a new theater major or concentration as we call it because mm -hmm. harvard's yes right <laughs> pretentious um <laughs> and again i didn't know if i wanted to study it so I, but it was interesting to me and what it, it kind of sparked in my head was okay th this school cares about this they're going to start a major there'd already been a minor that was very active so there was so much opportunity and art happening and the fact that um now there was money that the school was going to be pumping into a program, they were choosing to start putting a lot of money there that I could be part of that start of the program. Even mm -hmm. if I wasn't positive if I wanted to, <laughs> to major there, um, it was intriguing. And uh, so I ended up choosing Harvard. And um, my sophomore year, which is when we declare, they announced that you could declare theater, dance, and media. So I was the first class from Harvard to graduate with the theater, dance, and media degree. What I always felt about college was, for me, it was my chance to learn about as much as possible. So I was looking at liberal arts schools. And so I do think that a lot of my philosophy classes and my psychology classes and my English classes were the ones that blew my mind the most, um, even though I had great theater classes as well. So I always wonder if I were to go back, would I have majored in psychology or English and focused more on that, but I wouldn't trade my thesis for the world, which was... Um, so what did you direct? It's a play called Columbinus. It's about the Columbine shooting. Oh. Um, it's by Stephen Karam and PJ Paparelli, and it just, it required the most of me I'd ever had. So are you saying that at that point, you're... You were also thinking directing is something I like? Quite, quite think I was, I was necessarily that good at it, but it was fun. And I, I took a history of Western drama as my, my freshman fall. 
And I was learning so much in this one class. I remember going home to Thanksgiving break and I told my parents, I don't know what yet. I was like, I need to be involved with theater for the rest of my life as a career. Still didn't know if it was going to be acting. Directing. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but so that's freshman year. That's freshman year. And so I, I made a, a point of myself freshman year too to say, I need to learn more about this. I'm going to read 100 plays in a year. Wow. And one of those plays, I couldn't tell you all the ones I read, but one of the ones that still sticks out to me was Columbinus. And it just affected me so much. And I said, I, I never saw it. I kind of don't necessarily know if I even want to be in it, but I was like, I, for some reason, I connect to this play. And I think in my head, I just see what a couple of these scenes are. And it just filled me with this this feeling that I was like, I want to I wanna see if I can show what's in my head outward okay so was it was it an option could you have chosen some acting thing to do for your thesis Mm -hmm. okay so you instead of choosing an acting thing you chose to direct this play for your thesis and i didn't even know that still until but then i read this biography about columbine after i read the play and i just was weeping on the train reading so there was something about this story that really was getting me and but i still hadn't decided i wanted to do that as my thesis i didn't even know if i wanted to do a thesis in my head, I said, what is kind of the most epic thing that I could do that I think in an academic setting can show what I feel like I've learned in the last 12 years of theater? What, what do I think is going to be the thing that I can, I can present and say, like, here's what I think theater is. And I felt that in that setting for a thesis... Unless I wrote and acted in my own show, which I just didn't have a good idea, I didn't have enough time, this was the thing that kind of felt like I could do that with. And And thesis, um, as an undergrad? As an undergrad, yes. So, uh, at Harvard, the next step would have been a dissertation, I guess, but for a lot of the the concentrations at Harvard, if you want to graduate with Latin honors, you need to... You need to have a thesis. You need to do a thesis. And um, to this day... It is the best and thing I'm most proud of creating. For the rest of my life, it's going to be a huge turning point. Because the other thing was, I'd studied the summer before. I did get a taste of training for the first time. And and that's that's the hard thing about that word, training. I think But a big difference between a BFA program and a BA program in theater or in acting is that my my program wasn't an acting training program. It was like a theater studies program. So even in my acting classes, I was getting up in front of the class to present something maybe once a week, yeah. probably once every other week, Yeah. whereas my friends were getting up right. once every day at yeah, least, right, 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 and right. they were in class nine hours a day. I was in class 12 hours a week. Yeah, right. So okay. that's, that, that's the big difference is building those habits, and I didn't learn that until I started going to audition in New York that I was like, oh, I need to work on these habits. So... After the thesis, you graduate. Then what happens? <laughs> I go to New York. I yes. go to New York and I go to ACT. And um, be, again, acting was was the plan out of was out of out of school because that was what I've been working on for all that long time yes, since right, nine years right. old. And um, acting was the plan. I, I kind of felt at that point I was willing to take smaller roles or even crappier roles to to, to put in the time and pay my dues for acting Mm -hmm. that was that was what I felt like I was willing to do whereas again I don't quite understand necessarily the path to a director there is no one path in any of this business but 
um, a lot of my friends who are pursuing directing are assistant directors and aren't really getting a chance to do their own work yet. And so I, I just didn't want to be an assistant director after having spent so much time working on this this stay on on acting it's it didn't seem like the path i wanted to go down you know, before i could do my own work there's another thing that occurs to me you're an only child yeah <laughs> you know you're not used to doing junior no right no 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 and that and and that's and these other people may have experiences that allow them to be junior and be comfortable in it but you really don't so that makes perfect sense and it, but it, it is it is interesting too because i i've always felt that the thing was too about Columbinus was it was something that I had been thinking about since freshman year of high school. The reason that I think it was able to be so good is because I was thinking about it for four years yeah. before I directed it. Right. Whereas I feel like I could, I want to direct again at some point, but it has to be the right play. Whereas for acting, it doesn't have to be the right play or the right role because I feel like I can learn a lot more and I want to learn a lot more in every role where, and I think I can do good and a lot of different roles, whereas directing, it has to be the right show, I think. And I, I don't know it. what that is I yet. got it. Okay, so what happened? So I moved to New York. I started auditioning. And it's funny, I'd kind of sworn off musicals right when I moved to New York. After Columbinus. After Columbinus. It's so serious. And it's, it's so, so serious, and that's what... Yeah, and it, yeah. yeah that's right. It's so impactful. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I mean, come on. Yeah, musicals right. can't be serious. No, 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 no. This is sarcasm. Right. Of course, I, musicals I know, can be serious. Right. Um, but I, for some reason, I just, I, I wasn't totally thrilled with everything that I've been seeing and witnessing and auditioning for and seeing come up as auditions. However, uh, the tour for SpongeBob the Musical was out and I love that TV show. And as a, in, in high college, actually, a lot of people made fun of me and kept kind of calling me SpongeBob. <laughs> Not as a nickname, yeah, yeah. but just like, they'd be like, oh, you just had a Spongebob moment there. And mm. I would quote it all the time. And so the opportunity came and I, I loved the show and I went to audition for it. And it was kind of really my first big audition in New York. But this was also in February. Um, and I got a call back. And then I got another call back for Spongebob. Mm -hmm. And then I got another call back and I made it to the, the round of producers um, at, at that time, they basically said, we don't, we don't think you're going to be sp our Spongebob, but we, uh, we, re we really want you to maybe be a part of the show, so like, we're going to call you in for another role. But I made it, like, it was my first big New York audition, and I made it to producer Final Callbacks, mm -hmm. which was crazy. And then I was in a class, and we had a guest come in who was a casting director, and we hit it off, and he called me in for the tour of the uh, um, Jimmy Buffett musical. <laughs> And he called me in for the, the second leading male role. And um, I made it to final callbacks for that. Jimmy Buffett watched my dance audition. <laughs> and my parents are parrot heads. So, like, I mean, I, 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 the music I grew up on. Um, so my first two big auditions, yeah. especially for this, this kind of this manager who was helping me out a little bit to see this. Like, I felt like I was proving myself and I was doing these things. And then I get a call. I get an email, I, neither of those work out, but I get an email out of the blue that says, um, X person recommended you, and X person was my thesis advisor for, for Columbinus. Mm -hmm. He was also my directing professor and one of my acting professors. And it says, um, I'm, this, this, uh, this director emailed me and said, I'm directing Lifespan of a Fact, 
in Gloucester, Massachusetts. It'll be the first production since Broadway. And uh, uh, X person thinks you'd be great for the role. Can you send me in a tape? And I had two days, and I sent in seven pages of material, which was mostly me talking. One page alone was just a long monologue. And I sent in a tape, and I got a call a week later saying he wanted me to, to, to play the role. And uh, so I got my first job, and he was offering my, me my equity card so I could join the Actors Union. And I was acting with um, an Academy Award nominee, Lindsey Krauss. Um, so all of these great things, and it's a three-person play. It's a leading role. The last person to play it was Daniel Radcliffe, and that op- that that experience, being in a professional rehearsal environment, um, was amazing. And because I got that role, and I went up to this this manager who I was taking class, it was I was in classes with, and I, he had sent me out on the two auditions, and I'd done well, and I said. Uh, I just booked this thing on my own. Uh, I'm really excited. I like got my first job. And he goes, that's great. And I run into him. He actually had sent me out on a Book of Mormon audition, my first Broadway audition, and I got a callback for that. So I got my first Broadway callback for another leading role, um, which was amazing. So I was it was three for three. Although there were many other smaller auditions that I got no call <laughs> from. Uh, and I run into him at a play that I was seeing, and he said oh, uh, you have an audition on Monday. I go, did I actually get another callback from Mormon? And he goes, no, uh, that's done. I go, oh, okay. He goes, uh, it's for a lifespan of a fact. I said, but I'm just, he goes, it's another production. It's happening in Sarasota uh, at Oslo Repertory Theater. He goes, uh, they're in final callbacks right now, but I ran into the casting director, told him you booked the regional premiere, uh, so he wants to see you. And I had just gotten a job uh, which I knew I already was going to have to quit at um, a restaurant in New York. So I was in the middle of orientation. And first of all, I get these, the, the, this, the pages that I had to go into audition with, and only one page was similar to the ones I'd already learned. What? One page was the monologue, but then they sent me a different scene that this director wanted to see. Oh. And I had 24 hours to learn it. And uh, so I, I learned that on my iPad. I walked from my apartment on 109th, and I walked to my friend's apartment on 69th because we were watching the series finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> so I walked there and back, and I just studied my lines, and I went into the audition the next day. But I had to go to orientation for my restaurant for your job. restaurant job. And it was going to end just in time for me to sprint across Midtown at... Running uh, your lines all Running my lines in my head. <laughs> right. In April. So I show up. I'm dripping in sweat. Right. I have a change of shirt. I get there three minutes before my audition time. I throw on a new shirt. I dab myself down with paper, to- <laughs> paper towels. I say, Derek, are you ready? I said, sure. <laughs> I go in. And it was one of the best auditions I'd ever done. And um, Celine was in the room, who's mm-hmm. our director, who's right. our brilliant director. And she... Um, she cast me and I got a call the next week that I was doing that. So I knew what I was doing for kind of the next year now is doing this, this show. I, I want to stop you here because I want to say that um, I, I have been at most, almost all the performances at the Oslo for the last 10 or 15 years. I have never seen 
the audience break into spontaneous applause in the middle of a scene, in the middle of the scene, right? You are amazing. Thank you. So I, I want to make this point on this thing so that anybody <laughs> who hasn't seen the show, it's only running till March. March 19th. 19th. We only have 10 performances left because the Oslo oh, runs it's in repertory. Rep, right. I, want, I have one last question. Having given a life, and really, if you think about that early thing with the, the lion stands here and now I'm the whole who, you have given a life in one way or another to the work of theater. At this point, is there anything that you would say about what that's like, what it means to you to, to be giving your life to this work? There's, there's two things that come to mind with that. And I'm, I was raised by two attorneys, um, so I never won an argument. Um, but there's something like that where I always thought, like, oh, you know, I, I could be a good lawyer. I could be good in ads. I could make a lot more money, um, have a little more security. And one of the things that people say growing up when they said, like, what's your advice for a young actor? They say, if you can picture yourself doing anything else, do it. And I actually think that's really bad advice. Because I could picture myself doing a lot of other things. And in my head, I have always said that I, if I'm only going to be good at acting, then I might as well go and do something else that I maybe would have more security for a family. But I want to be great at acting. And if, I, if there's even the chance of being great at something in this field, um, whether it ends up being not acting or directing or something else, there's something about this life that is so important to me. The better I get at acting, the more I learn about myself in the world. And the more I learn about myself, the better I get at acting. And just having that symbiotic relationship, there's nothing else yet in my life that has done that for me. And that's why I give myself to the theater and to the art and to the acting. There's something there that also gives back to me. That's a perfect place to stop. Thank yeah. you so much, Derek Speedy. Thank you.